I'm Ethan Cash for Independence High School, and you're listening to 615 Preps Podcast. Everybody and welcome into the Six One Five Preps Podcast for round number two of the high school football playoffs in Middle Tennessee. I'm Chris Brooks, your host, alongside Christian Caposi and Scott Burton. Gentlemen, hello. How are you? Are we all warm after Friday night? I think I've finally thought out. Well, I did, but now <laughs> the weather is back. Yeah, <laughs> tis the season. Seems like the first couple of rounds of the playoffs are, are colder than normal. For some reason, maybe it's just a big change. I don't know if it's just me. Well, after you know, essentially melting for most of the regular season, one extreme there, to the other. There was like one good week, yeah, and then all of a sudden the bottom dropped out. Yep, yep. A lot to unpack on this episode. Getting past the first round and looking toward this weekend's second round, plenty to get started on. So uh, the first one, Summit goes to Gallatin and wins in a bit of an upset to a lot of people. Um, some drama before the game is uh, they got stuck on Highway 109, which, by oh, the way, by, by, by yeah. the way, by the way, if you're going to Gallatin, never use Highway 109. Yeah, here's a PSA for you. Yeah, public <laughs> service announcement. Unless they get that four lanes finally done, don't use it. With or without an accident that occurred. Right. Either one. I don't care if you, you have just a police never go that way just, just don't. Just don't do it. Yeah. Just don't yeah. do it. The more you know. <laughs> da, 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 da. <laughs> I mean, it, yeah, it, it, yeah. I mean, it's it, it's unfortunate that they ran into that. It really had nothing to do with uh, anything to do with Summit and everything yeah. to do with the Tennessee Department of Transportation, in my understanding. Yeah, and uh, the fact that uh, they had a uh, demolition that went uh, somewhat awry. Right. And and it really put them behind it. That basically, they blew up the road or something similar to that. So. And had to repave it too. They repaved it the same like in like a couple hours after it happened. They repaved it. So, yeah. but, but enough about that. On to the game. Summit <laughs> goes in. The Wade brothers do plenty of damage, and they pull off the upset. Yeah, you want to talk about demolition? Yeah, and I say this about the demolition too. Everybody thinks about it affecting Summit. You think of every coach. Every coach has a timeline about what they do. They have it scripted down to the minute. Pre-game stretch at 6-10. You're, you're doing special teams at this time. I think this affected Gallatin just as much as it did Summit. Because yeah. those guys are having to wait around, or they're probably already out on the field and waiting on Summit. Right, that's an excellent point. I, I, personally, I think they should have played this game Saturday, but, you know, this is just me. It would, it would have been better for Gallatin, certainly, if they had played it Saturday, I think. But, you know, you go in, then you have a schedule. You want to get the game in, and TV's waiting too as, as yeah. well. Yeah, I, I would think TV's probably got more to do about not moving it than yeah. than that. But the Wade brothers have been fantastic all year, yep. and it's taken some time for Destin, the quarterback, to return. He right. he was he was injured in the Page game a couple yep. weeks ago, and he's slowly gotten back to form. But they were in form for this one, uh, Destin. 136 yards on 19 carries and a score. Uh, Keaton, the back, 20 carries, 96 yards and two touchdowns. They got up to a lead early where it took Gallatin completely out of their game plan. Right. They eliminated Briggs, 18 carries for 68 yards. And the Green Wave had to go to the air, which they're not very comfortable in doing. Right, exactly. I mean, Summit basically wanted to put 10 men in the box against Spencer Briggs and say, hey, throw it on us. And the Green Wave couldn't do it. I mean, they, they had Montez Banks at quarterback early. They wound up taking him out and then it didn't matter 
Yeah, and I see they put Briscoe in. They I know did. He hasn't yeah. played in a long time. And he wasn't 100% no, either because he, he couldn't move. You could tell right. that. And he I, was not I, mobile. I give him credit because he stood in a couple times. He took and, some shots. And, you know, he wanted to get out of there. He had no option. He had nowhere to go. Right. He he did a pretty good job of keeping them in it to the very end. Yeah. He got a score in there. But, like I said, he hadn't played in forever. Mm. And when he was out there, this was a, a team that relied on the run, and they, the run was just totally eliminated by the second half. And just a couple of mistakes by Gallatin really gave Summit enough in the yeah. field position game for them to to take advantage of it, and they did. Teams haven't done that against Gallatin all year long, and it bit them this time. And I'll say this too, Summit is a really good team that just happened to be on the downside of, of that really good region. Yeah. yeah. So many great teams in that region. There's a reason so many of them are still left. Right, and, and this is this goes back to what we talked about in a previous podcast. I mean, it, it, there your number four team can be better than your number one team. Yes, it is. They another, can. Yep. In another yep. Absolutely. Region. So, uh, what surprised me here was that Gallon's defense gave up 344 ground yards. Well, I mean, that's that may be the best rushing attack they've seen all year, and they proved it. Um, you know, for me. I mean, it's a surprise, but I think Summit being closer to full strength than they have been all year long played a role as well. Well, yeah, and we, t- and we talked about this again, you know, not to keep going back to last, but we did last week, and we knew that this was a this was a could be a gotcha game yeah. for Gallatin. Yep. We knew this, and you know that Summit is no it was no such getting Destin Wade back was huge. Yep, and I think Summit was a little bit more battle-tested in the regular season than Gallatin. And unfortunately for Gallatin, it just played out that way. Some of the yeah. teams that they played have been really strong in the right. past, mm-hmm. and it, just, it hadn't turned out to be that way this year. Right. And you look at Summit's schedule, some of the teams they played, you start off with Independence, and throughout that region, Columbia, which they took Beach down to the wire, mm-hmm. Page, Shelbyville. I think the Spartans were a little bit more battle-tested, yeah. and I think that really prepared them uh, to go to Gallatin and get this win. Yeah, that's really tough to have a good team go out and run one like that just because of the yeah. way the regions shake out. But that's those two regions, I mean, at the top, the top two or three teams were really good, and that's just how it matches up. Yep. So that that's the thing about these playoffs. You can get that every now and then when you have depth in those regions. So Gallatin's season ends under Chad Watson with two losses. Still a really good year for the Green Wave, and uh, I imagine they're going to be back. They will have to replace Spencer Briggs, though, and – now it's starting to look like uh, he's starting to get some Division One FBS the type Power yeah. Five offers. Uh, yeah, I believe the, he was offered by Toledo. Yep. Uh, last week. Yep, so, he was. Uh, yeah, that just goes to show you, though, you know how far that program uh, came this year. Yeah. And this was not the year they were expected to to excel, and yet, you know, all right, th- then all of a sudden their expectations were, out, uh, you know, off the charts. Yep. So. Yeah, they come back next year. Watson gets a, uh, another year of his guys underneath him. They're going to be something. Yeah, yeah. We'll keep an eye on that as the off season goes and see how they come back in twenty twenty. But uh, for the moment, Summit will advance to face Page in round number two, and a rematch of their region battle from earlier this year, and in a game which we're very much inter- interested in this week. But we'll move on to the next one. Independence defeated Smyrna twenty-eight to ten. Scott, you were there for that one. It was our game of the week. Uh, yeah, I was there. It was a very cold game, mm-hmm. just like they all were. Uh, this is the third straight year that the Eagles knocked uh, the Bulldogs out in the first yeah. round. It, uh, you know, they came out. Uh, Smyrna was fired up. It, it really at the beginning of the game, both teams were, were ready to go. Um, but you know, this was really the Cash and Campbell show. Uh, just enough Jack Phillips sprinkled in to keep things interesting. 
But uh, Christian, you said it last uh, last week. Uh, I was going to get to see uh, something in Ethan Cash I hadn't seen all year, and he didn't disappoint. Um, he he, I, I tell you, for the quarterbacks that I've seen this year and in previous years, he reads defenses very well. Um, he he's got a quick he, he's got a quick read, quick release. Uh, put the ball for the most part on target. Most of the time, he got away with one a little bit. The uh, uh, 61-yard uh, touchdown pass to uh, Jackson Campbell. Uh, he was on tough on a scramble, scrambled right, and uh, he launched it. But it was about four foot short. But unfortunately, a couple of you know volleyball sets by uh, Smyrna defensive backs and Campbell's you know right man in the right place. Um, there was a turning point in this game. Down 14 to seven, Smyrna forced. Independence ended up punting down on their in their own territory on their own thirty two yard line, and Independence faked it wow. and didn't make it. Hmm. Smyrna took the ball over at about the 30, 30 yard line. I'd say two plays later, fumbled it right back. Hmm. If they score there, because they were moving the ball, yeah, they run the ball. If they score there, it's a tie game, and we may be talking, you know, because how momentum works, right. You know, it, it, that to me was a turning point. It really surprised me. Uh, but after that, it was the next series that Cash hits the 61-yarder, and they go up twenty uh, go up 21-7, I believe. So uh, it, it was a really, really exciting game. Uh, we talked to uh, Ethan Cash after the game about his thoughts on, uh, on the victory. I'm here with Ethan Cash after Independence uh, – 28 to 10 win over Smyrna. Going into this game, it was a big game. They got a good defense. What was your plan going into this game? Um, you know, just start out fast and um, run the ball down the throat and um, take whatever they give us. Um, we didn't really know what to expect coverage-wise going out um, because they showed a lot of different looks last year. So uh, we just had to see what they got us. Uh, they gave us first drive and um, we liked it. We came out hard. Yeah. You had, your your receivers made some big plays. Uh, Jackson, uh, he made some really big plays. Uh, none so so much as the first touchdown to get you guys out in front. Walk me through that play. Um, you know, it was, uh, I liked the coverage. Um, I saw my slot guy. If we had the numbers, and um, I knew Jackson was going to beat him off the jump, and um, just put in a place where he could go get it. And uh, Jackson made a great play. Yeah, and he made another good play on the 61 yard. Uh, good concentration there. Uh, you got uh, what do you got to say about your offensive line? Now they kept you upright most Man, all the game. Offensive line, I love them boys. Um, they're protecting me. They're giving their heart. They uh, give me all they got. You know, um, thankful for them. They played their butts off tonight. And you got down there and uh, you 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 ran one in. Actually, a really good juke move there. Uh, was that a called play? Uh, yeah, it was, a, it was a designed run. Um, I had my two running backs leaning in the hole for me, so um, I just had to read their blocks and um, just uh, go through the hole my line created. Outstanding. Now you get an extra, you get another week of football, another week to play. So uh, I guess going into this one, you're just going to go back to doing what you do. Yeah, um, we want another shot at Brentwood. Uh, they beat us earlier this year and uh, put us out last year, so we got a bad taste in our mouths when it comes to them. So uh, we want to take it to them at their house, and uh, we'll be ready. Outstanding. Well, I appreciate it. Hey, great game. Yes, I appreciate Congratulations. It. Good luck on the rest of the season. Uh, a big game for him. Four touchdowns, two running, two passing. Really, their defense 
they did a, a, a really good job of uh, shutting down Smyrna, the Bulldogs there. Uh, they did play this game without Chase Bishop. Uh, he was on the sideline, still has his ankle wrapped up, uh, still on crutches. So I don't know whether he'll be ready for Brentwood or not. I think the last couple of years, this is just not a very good matchup for Smyrna because they are big up front. And with a team like Independence that wants to spread you out and throw it around, which they can with Ethan Cash, it doesn't add up very well for Smyrna. And I think we talked about him last week, Dallas Walker, number eight for Smyrna. Big, big guy, committed yes. to Texas A&M. Yep. Yep. That's, that's their anchor of their defense. And, you know, Independence stuck with the run a little bit, but when you can sling it around like they can – it's not very beneficial to the way Smyrna wants to play defense. Well, exactly. It really, really uh, worked around him because then they hit him with short passing games. Uh, so he really wasn't all that effective. That's how you neutralize a defensive line is short passing game. Uh, and then you sting, keep him honest with the run. And then every once in a while you get to take your shot. And like Ethan Cash said, they're going to get a shot at Brentwood this week. And it's what they want. It's going to be a rematch of a region game from earlier this week. And, and Independence – one of those teams that went on the road and got a first-round win. There weren't many of those around the state. I believe it was 22 of 108 statewide that won on the road in the first round. So home field still matters, even though sometimes there's a mismatch. Uh, There were six teams that kind of reside in our our area that that got those road wins. We mentioned Independence. We mentioned Summit. Gordonsville was one of those that got on the road at Copper Basin and got a win there in, in Class 1A. Eagleville, East Nashville, and Lipscomb Academy all also came up with wins on the road. Yeah, the one that, uh, to me, most shocking, uh, I think Lipscomb Academy really stood out. I I didn't really give Trent Dilfer and crew much of a shot there. I'll tell you this, Gordonsville, looking back at it, the way that Copper Basin had really – they had struggled down the home stretch. Mm -hmm. They had lost a couple to end the year. I I think that was really good timing for Gordonsville to go on the road and win one, and that kind of worked out there in their favor. And there's a couple examples, too. Independence, I think we all saw that one. And that's yeah. an example. Also, East Nashville yeah. of, of right. really tough regions, and somebody's got to be third. Yeah. Eagleville exactly. goes on on the road and gets an 8-7 to seven win in a game where, where they got a two-point conversion to, to take that win away. Yeah, I believe they had to uh, – it, it was pretty much uh, they were behind the eight ball until the second half when they brought their, their quarterback back um, and yeah. in, in brought him in. And that he got – he jump-started the uh, – he jump-started the offense and, and, and put them up. It's going to be interesting to see what shape he's in this week. Yeah. Now, I, I know they didn't want to use him, but uh. – But games like that, when you're the road team and you're on the road going for two, sometimes you yeah. just got to take that shot just yeah. to do it. You're playing against Houston County and you're there. Look, right. so a lot of people in their eyes don't have you winning. You take those shots and fortunately uh, for the Eagles, it worked out in their favor. Yeah, now yeah. for all of those – they're going to all going to be on the road again this week with the exception of Gordonsville, and we'll talk about them a little bit later on in this episode as to why that's the case. <laughs> want to get to our player of the week, and there were several good candidates. Scott, you've got the list in front of you, I see. I do. Um, yeah. You want me to just run through Go it? Go for it. Okay. So we had Xavier Clemens for Cane Ridge, 17-24 for 232 yards and five touchdowns. Uh, Kamari McGowan for Middle Tennessee Christian, 199 rushing yards, two TDs, and a 40-yard t- a touchdown reception. Sean Casey, quarterback for FRA, 7 of 13, 152 yards, and four touchdowns. Ethan Cash, Independence, uh, 19 of 38 for 297 
two touchdowns passing, and then he had he was ten for uh, rushes for sixty yards and two TDs uh, rushing. Brian Garcia, Ravenwood, fifteen of eighteen, two hundred fifty-two yards, two touchdowns. Kamantas Hudson, Springfield, one hundred forty yards passing, two TDs, ninety-three rushing yards, and three TDs, so five total. Cameron Rankins, uh, Crowsdale County, eleven carries, one hundred and three yards, and four touchdowns. Tim Kutras, two catches for 67 yards and one TD, two carries for 52 yards and two TDs, a 62-yard interception return for a touchdown. And then Jackson Campbell, Independence, 10 receptions, 187 yards, and two touchdowns. Christian? You have a choice. Mr. Kutras did a little bit of everything, and I like a guy that does it on both sides of the ball. I, I'm I, saw, go him, I saw him Friday, and, uh, yeah, he uh, basically, when the ball is in his hands, he has a threat to go to the end zone every single time. I'm going to go with Tim Kutras. All right. I think that that, that would have been – I think that would have been unanimous. Four scores on five touches. Tim Kutras is our player of the week, and well-deserved honor for that young man, a Mr. Football semifinalist. We'll talk more Absolutely. about Nolansville a little bit later on, but we got to get to a break. We're back in a bit. This is the 615 Preps Podcast. Hey, just a reminder that Mid-State Preps Plus is looking for you. We currently have openings for sponsors on both the Mid-State Preps Plus website and the 615 Preps Podcast. Contact us at midstatepreps at gmail.com for more details. Welcome back to the 615 Preps Podcast. Uh, time in this segment to break down the brackets a little bit and the team's remaining want to start with the guys who didn't play last week in Division II AAA. Ensworth, um, NBA, both will have their shots on the road. Ensworth at Briarcrest, NBA at Baylor, both of them playing uh, number two seats from their respective regions. Uh, which one, if you had to pick one of the two, has the better chance of advancing? Mm, that's tough. <laughs> you go NBA and their defense. The only question I have about NBA is, is – the young quarterback yeah. on offense, and they've they've struggled yeah. to score points. I just because of that, I'd have to go Insworth. Okay. Yeah, I, th- I just think Insworth has a little bit too much uh, head to toe, uh, and and they match up, I think, better with Briarcrest. And I'll say this too: something that's always kind of tricky about these games is having a week off. Yeah. Mm. You don't know how some of these teams respond. Right. And I mean, in these case scenarios for NBA Insworth, it's probably beneficial because both. Baylor and Briarcrest are both nine and one. You right. just sometimes don't know how teams respond to yep. that. Getting an extra week to prepare for this obviously a, a good thing, but it's for both teams. So yeah, right. I'm curious to see how this shakes out this week, just because these four games, you know, they were pitting really good teams against each other. Knoxville Catholic has to go to Memphis for the first round game. That's a long way That's to go. A long, that is a long. That's a long way. way. And Christian Brothers has to. Well, Christian Brothers is going to Macaulay in the other direction, pretty much. So. Mm-hmm. Maybe yeah, they'll so pass by each other. They might. <laughs> Wave at each other. Maybe they should have just stopped somewhere in the middle and played somewhere around Parsons. <laughs> and they might pass each other by Bucksnort. Let's put it that way. <laughs> oh, Bucksnort. <laughs> I never thought I would get to use Bucksnort on this podcast, yeah. but here we there go. There you go. Loretta Lynn's rant, stop in. Hurricane, yeah. Hurricane Mills. Yeah, let's yeah, do it. it. Have a field there. just like you know, Friday night lights all over again. Still out in the middle of Hurricane, <laughs> Hurricane Mills. There you go. Let's move to Class AA in Division Two. Uh, we've talked about Lisbon Academy a little bit. Their win at Boyd Buchanan sets up another road trip to Knoxville Grace this week. What do I know? I, did, I had Boyd Buchanan. I know. Last I did too. Week. I did too. Um, every time I doubt Lipscomb, they show they show up. So yeah, um, I, I do think this is a, a, a tough match, 
for them. But Dilfer's got this team believing. Yeah. Yeah, and that's sometimes momentum is all you need. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. CPA at at home against Chattanooga Christian. CPA thirty five nothing winner over Knoxville Webb last Friday. The Lions. I mean, they're they're rolling now and. Of course, at this point, if they win, they will now get to 500 on the season. Right, I guess we answered the question last week about can they beat somebody that's not in their own region. Yeah. Right. So they got that right. out of the way. Yeah. 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 Um, okay. Check. Yes. Yeah. yeah it's, it's funny. They're, you know, five and six and still probably maybe the favorite in this one. So I don't, I don't know. It's, they, they prove they can play good, but can you just, can you continue to do it? Yeah. yeah I, I, yeah. I just think that they, they are peaking at the right time. BGA on the road to Memphis to ECS. And BGA, Nick Septim Helter, set the school record for passing yards last week in, in their win. Uh, it's a big feather in his cap, but now they got to go on the road and, and take down ECS if they want to keep going. Yeah, I, I think that uh, a lot's going to be on his shoulders to pull this one off this week. He's really got to have a good game. They can't turn the ball over mm-hmm. here. And that might have to end up being a shootout. I mean, they'd have to yeah. put up a lot of points, yeah. it looks like, to uh, keep up with ECS. Yeah, they did that. They scored 49 against FACS last week. So, they've shown they can do it. But uh might be a little bit more difficult task for the for the Wildcats this week. FRA on the road at Lausanne in round two. I I really like what FRA's doing. I mean, they was, I think we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. We haven't talked about them much because they've handled right. business. Yeah. They've just, yeah. you know, they've they've taken care of the games they're supposed to, and and they've got they've got a path. If you look at it, they've got a way to to keep on moving in this bracket, and I I like them. Yeah, I mean, you know, we talked about quiet, cool, and and that's what they've been. They've just kind of been, uh, you know, handled business, and a team like that has got a focus, and, and and you can't you can't do that without buying into what the coach is 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 telling you and and you know just competing each week and doing the game plan and just and follow along i think that i honestly think that fra's got as good a shot as anybody here. yeah in single a friendship christian and davidson academy are one step away from a showdown in the semifinals but they got a little work to do first friendship christian hosts columbia academy davidson academy has dca at home this week do you think one of those two can pull an upset or are we looking at uh, a rematch of the semifinals I think there's an upset here. I really do. Um, you know what? Columbia Academy—they're streaky right now. They're on—they're on a roll. They won six in a row, and mm-hmm. they're just kind of doing some things right and put up 69 points last week. And yeah. you talk about playoffs. <laughs> yeah. I mean, put up that many points. Yeah, exactly. That's that's pretty impressive. So I think there's a shot. Um, it'd be interesting though to see this Friendship Christian Davidson Academy rematch yeah. semifinals though. Yeah, both Davidson Academy and Friendship Christian were off last week, so this is their playoff opener. Right. And same too for Nashville Christian, who's sitting in the other half of the bracket. Just saying, we're here too. <laughs> yeah, and and you know, you you never know what a bye week will do to a to a team. You, you just don't know. Is that give you extra time to to game plan? Sure, it gives you a little extra time. Well, you have to know what the you can kind of look at it and figure out who you think is going to make it. So you get an extra. You know, if there's an upset, and then yeah, you got to throw all that away and go on. But it also can, you know, the, you get that complacency that's in there. Uh, Columbia Academy could. I mean, they're good enough. I they, thought with the, the way MTCS had been playing offense recently, mm-hmm. I thought if they could get to this game against Nashville Christian, that could pose a little bit of a, of a struggle for Nashville Christian. 
I really like their way to the, the path to the, to the finals. It, yeah. To me, it, it lines up pretty well for them. And we go back yeah. to the bye week for a minute. I mean, these teams play eight, nine region games in a season. That's a grind. Yeah. And a lot yeah. of travel involved, a lot of region opponents, and, and to get a week off to, to just kind of ease up the, the, the beating up that they have. And most of yeah, that, that's true. Yeah. Most of that grinds mental, too, because yeah. you, mm. you think of just how important each game is going into it. Uh, it's pro- probably in this scenario, Nashville Christian may be a good opportunity just to regroup. Yeah, and the semifinals would be next Friday night, so that would be that would be one to, to keep an eye on to see if we do get that uh, championship game rematch in the semis from last year. We'll drop down in, into Division One and start in 6A. We said last week it's Oakland's world and everybody else is passing through. Well, Mount <laughs> Juliet gets to stop this week. Yeah, this is the consequence for not winning your region. If uh, Golden Bears would have won their region, they could have delayed this meeting with Oakland, maybe till the uh, the quarterfinals. But it's it's going to be tough for the for Mountain Julia. They they're playing a freshman at quarterback, yep. and big help for them to get Trey Perry back this yeah, week. Yeah, yeah. So that's yeah. nice. Yep. Um, it's you know it's like like we said it's it's all Oakland here. So, to me personally, it's almost when do you draw Oakland? Right. It's kind of right. determined when your season's right. coming to an end. It's just nobody's had an answer for them. I mean, yeah, they, yeah you're right. I mean, it, Oakland is a juggernaut, and they are just right now they are the team to beat. And I, mean, I think I think Mountain Joy's got a defense that can hang in there with them. The, the thing is getting points yeah. against their defense. Yeah. Right. I, I think the Golden Bear defense could take some punches. That offense is going to have to be able to produce. Cecil Joyce, the Daily News, is going to post a question, basically, if it's not Oakland and Maryville in the semifinals, then who? Don't and, know. Yeah I, yeah, I don't know. Maybe maybe somebody from this Region 5, Region 6 bracket, maybe. I'm not I'm not sure, I mean, though. that's yeah, that, that's on the other side. I mean, that's yes. a championship game. If, if yeah. it's going to block that semifinal, it's got to be one of Blackman or Hendersonville. And, and they've, and, yeah. they've played both, right? Didn't Hendersonville play Oakland? Yeah, yeah. Again this yeah. year, they yeah, I don't the know that them. either. I don't know that either team scored on Oakland. No, on Hendersonville Oakland. didn't. I don't think. And I don't think Blackman did. I think it was a forty to nothing. Yeah, win. I think that was right. So, so huh. yeah, I mean, yeah, that's that's a game you want to see coming. But I mean, you know, going in, that's where you're going. You, Oakland would Oakland would have to go to Maryville this this year. They would have to go east right. for that game. So, if it does come to that semifinal, then they're going to be on the road. On the other half of that bracket, you've got Cane Ridge hosting Ravenwood and Independence tra- traveling to Brentwood. I love this Cane Ridge Ravenwood game. I think it's going to be a really good one. Yeah, I like both of these games really because I think I think Independence is primed. I think that uh, they well, we heard it earlier from uh, Ethan Cash. They want this. They want Brentwood again. So. All, all these teams are coming off fairly easy week ones. Cane Ridge won forty-one to seven. Ravenwood thirty-five zero. Independence twenty-eight ten. Brentwood thirty-eight six. It was kind of a cakewalk for them to get to this point. And I tell you, the one thing I know about this Cane Ridge Ravenwood game: the last time they met, because they played in the regular season, really nasty weather, and that does not, that doesn't bode well for yeah. Cane Ridge with the speed they have. Yep. I'm interested to see this game on Friday. And obviously, Ravenwood not being at home is good news because they had to move their game last Friday again because of their field conditions. And this is right. the game, I think, that tore that field up. It was. It this was. is the game that tore that up. And they've played at uh, Nolansville, I think, once. And they've played, yeah, at Nolansville. Franklin? Yeah. Let's go to 5A real quick. Good good stuff on this side of the bracket, on the western half of it. Summit at Page, Shelbyville at Beach. I mean, are we seeing a Page-Beach showdown in the, in the quarterfinals, or do you think one of the other two is breaks it up it's not going to be easy for either i mean how how much 
better of a of two games could you ask for in this? I mean, the, all the favorites other than Summit won, but still Summit's nine and two. I mean, you, right. you all these teams got nine or ten wins yeah. or eleven in Beach's uh, scenario. I'm interested to see how Beach responds from a six three game against Columbia. Yeah, I am too. I yeah. I, I think that Beach has some questions that need to be answered. Uh, and they're going to have to figure them out this week. They either use that as motivation, or they like like they could be like, "Oh man, we got real big problems," and they don't answer those. Right. Yep. I think I think the Buccaneers really use this as some motivation, saying, "Hey, it's not going to be as easy as we thought it was going to be." It's going to be but, their chance to show out. But it also is going to it also emboldens Shelbyville a little bit too, in that, hey, these guys are you know they're human, you know, we we can make them bleed, we can make them we we can put some points up. And that Shelbyville game is on television, too, and you're going to have all the stoppages in it. And I oh, don't wow. think that favors Beach as well as they would want it to because now now you have more rest. And They're for a team running. like Beach that wants to wear you down, that plays against them. Oh, yeah. They are a running-the-ball team. Yep. They don't throw, uh, only when absolutely necessary. And this is a team you're exactly right. They are solid defense, and they wear you down on offense. And that's their MO. That's what they do. And yeah, that that should have some kind of effect. The only way I see that it does is if they somehow get out ahead early by a couple scores. Yep. And we've seen now Beach can win several different ways. Right. They can they can run up the score if they want to. Uh, Hendersonville they had to march all the way back and retake the lead in the last couple minutes. They won a six to three game against Columbia. Yeah. Whatever they got to do, they've found ways and. Possibly I'll have to do it again against I mean, Shelbyville. It's, yeah. it's a battle-tested team, though, and that's I think that that's one thing that does play in their favor. I tell you, that, you know, I can't think of four if I if I wasn't being assigned to a game, I can't think of four better games than what's the the four that we've mentioned from six and and five. Yeah, yeah. I mean those ones are 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 pretty spot on. And Summit too interested to see both Wade brothers out there the entire time yeah. against Page this right. time. Oh, we we only saw the one Wade brother out there for I think three plays last time. This right. is a revenge game. Make no mistake for Summit, and they, uh, they they really have a good shot here of, of pulling this upset. Uh, and I don't even know that you you know how much of an upset it would be. Yeah. I mean, you look at you know how tough they battled Paige. Lost lost uh, Destin in the first in what in the first quarter. Yeah, first couple plays. Yeah, yeah. three plays. I think. Yeah, the third three. play of the yeah. game. So, it's going to be really interesting to see how they come out. Yeah, one more game to talk about uh, Clarksville at Henry County also. Uh, Clarksville has to go out there to Paris to, to face a Patriot team that uh, appears to be poised to get to the semifinals. Yeah, I would say so. Even though Henry County as well, they had a tough 10-6 win against Ridgeway. And uh, Clarksville had to gut out a 29-28 win against Runford, or excuse me, Munford. Uh, yeah, this, this looks really good for Henry County, I would think. Yeah, I, I think so too. I think Henry County is, uh, you know, they're they're the Henry, they're the Patriots of old. Yeah. I mean, honestly, and I think they're on a collision course with uh, one of our winners uh, of these uh, four games we talked yeah. about. Um, going to go to four A next, and I'm going to do it in reverse. We're going to go from west to east. We'll start with uh, Creekwood at Hardin County. Creekwood, a 21-14 win over Jackson Northside. Hardin County eliminated Portland 42-14. Also in that bracket, Springfield hosting Lexington. Do, do we see Springfield-Creekwood round two? I think so. I, I think uh, I think Creekwood's got a good, cho- a good shot to go on the road. And uh, they, they beat a good Jacksonville North, or Jackson Northside team at, mm-hmm. uh, at their place. I think they're going to give Hardin County a run for their money. I, I want to say yes, but I, I see at least I see an upset. 
here i'll I'll bring it up again and who you got okay but, but uh i think that uh that one of these teams may stumble this week the cap county took down tolahoma last week they traveled to marshall county this week uh any any thoughts about the cab possibly winning that one, or, or do you think Marshall County's a little too strong? I think Marshall County's really strong. I think they are too. I mean, any team that could take uh, Nolensville to the woodshed, you know, is, is a pretty strong team. And, and the reason I wanted to go in reverse right there is because of the game Nolensville has. They travel to Livingston Academy, and probably one of the best games in the state, regardless of classification. This one's going to be a fun game. I think if 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 it goes away with it, because I. And, you know, we thought games were going to be fun before, and all of a sudden, you know, we wound up with a, you know, a 7-6 game or something. But this one, and Chris, I know you know the quarterback for Livingston Academy. You've seen him play. Yeah. Um, you, what can you tell him? Tell us about him. Uh, Will McDonald is one of the more complete quarterbacks in the state, regardless of, of class. Uh, a lot of what he does is at, is at the line in pre-snap reads. He, he has commanded that offense, unlike a lot of quarterbacks we see in high school. He has the ability to run that offense as he sees fit and gets his guys in the right spot. There's a reason he's a semifinalist for Mr. Football, and he's shown it so far. A lot of Livingston Academy is quick strike. They get the ball out quickly, two, three seconds, and it's gone. If you don't get to McDonald within three or four seconds, you're not going to get to him. So the challenge for Nolansville here, and Tim Kutras will be playing on defense against him, which is going to be a really great matchup, is if they can – Guard that trio of receivers that Livingston has because you're not you're going to be hard pressed to find a better bunch. Well, here's a question: Do they throw at Kutras? Maybe you maybe you do, maybe you don't. They don't have to. That's the thing. That's that's my point. They don't have to. How best to neutralize Kutras on defense than to make not him choose. have to throw? Make him choose. Yep. You got to you got to go one side of the field or the other. Whether you double on one side and have one of your other guys on the other side, and sometimes they'll go five wide and put a ton of pressure on you. Now, no one's full defense is better than most anything Livingston has seen this year. So, therein lies the fun of this game. There's going to be a lot of a lot of moving parts to it. But uh, I'm really, really interested to see how this goes because I think Livingston has a chance here to, to send a message to the rest of the state. Yeah, I agree. And the question I have for Nolansville is they're 9-2 and two on the year. Only two losses have been on the road yeah. end of the year. Mm-hmm. And so, they're, they're on a two-game losing streak on the road. Yeah. They're getting away from their house. Can they continue some of this, some of this momentum they have, and uh, try to get another playoff win? Had this been a first round game, I would, I would be a little more concerned about it. But I think they got the little bit of their swagger back last week when they took up Macon County. They had three defensive touchdowns, and and Kuchris had four scores on five touches, as we noted in his Player of the Week. So, yeah. and Ryder Gillardi's no slouch at quarterback himself. Uh, they can definitely do some damage. There may be a lot of points in this game. McDonald may be throwing it 50 times. Who knows? But we'll talk about it a little more and who you got. We got to move on to 3A real quick. And the only sweep was Region 5 and 3A. I'm going to start there. Pro Cone and East Nashville round two in the second round. The East Nashville back to Pro Cone again. You know, East got a little – they've got some payback that they want to give here. I mean, they uh, – what, shut out 14-0 last time they took on Pearl. And – was that when I, I think I read Pearl kind of came out and did something a little different offensively and it was more wildcat? Or? Well, a bit. they did because Martino Owens wasn't playing. The yep. quarterback wasn't in that game. Right. So the question is, is that how big of a difference would he have made in that game they won 14 to nothing? Uh, really, the story there was Ivan Dayton in the second half. Mm-hmm. Uh, their tailback uh, basically just gashed. I say that's the story. That was a big part of it. The real story was going in, we all thought that East Nashville's defense 
was going to be what brought them the game. And it turned out that Pearl Cone's defense was up to the challenge. Another defense that uh, we've been talking about out of that region is Stratford. And then, and then James Magic Moore is still on a tear through the last part of the season. They host Giles County. Do we see I – mean, we're going to see more of James Moore, obviously. But you know, Stratford has a chance to replicate its run from last year, albeit I think of the better team. I keep waiting for a team to just put, like, all 11 in the box. And and even if they did, James would probably be carrying all 11 of them for another three yards. Uh, he, he's just that – type of back i i mean i don't know how i i'm really interested to see if they make it past giles county this round i'm interested to see how he does against one of those defenses either pearl cone or or east nashville we've seen him against east nashville already and what he can do against them and, and yep. they didn't play as well against pearl cone but that was earlier in the year right i would like to see them a second time try to, to take on pearl cone's defense and and, and see how that turns out yeah one more, uh, Smith County going to Loudon. Loudon, 10 of them on the season. Smith County, a 28-27 winner over Sweetwater. Do the Owls have a chance to get to the quarterfinals, or is this kind of the hurdle that trips them? I think this is – I think everything says that Loudon is just going to this, – this shouldn't even be close. But I think Smith County's got a little bit of – uh, you know, got their dander up just a little bit. I think they got a chance here, but they have to play a near flawless game, and they got to get out early. That's tough to do on the road too. That's that's why I would lean a little bit towards uh, Loudon in this scenario. Yeah, it's quite a long trip to Loudon too, as well. And that's that's going to be a, a tough atmosphere to get in there and win. To two A, uh, Trostle County traveling to Tyner and Bledsoe County at Watertown in that part of the bracket. This screams Trousdale County Watertown in the third round, but I don't know. I mean, going to Tyner for Trousdale County may be more of a test than people think. I think so. I I really think so. Tyner is, you know, 54-0 against Westmoreland last week, and Tyner's. You you look at their schedule, seven and three. Those three losses they've had are they stand out. They're not right. against any slouches. Yeah, I, I think Trousdale their their offense is still just a little one dimensional. Um, I think Tyner is a more complete team, so. I'm not saying that Trousdale couldn't win this game, shouldn't win this game, but I don't think it's going to be a walkover. Eagleville at Forest. Forest also 10-0, a 37-7 winner over Hickman County last week. Is this is this Eagleville's chance at making a run or the end of the line for him? End of the line, I think. Yeah, I think Forrest is just way too strong, and uh, injury just just a little too much on on Eagleville. Uh, going back to Watertown, did uh, – did you anybody have anything on the Watertown Bledsoe County? I kind of we just kind of honestly, I think Watertown is probably. Hey, I'm, I'm all on Watertown. Yeah, there. I am too at this point. Okay, just want to make sure that we got that out there. This is true. We're, yeah, we're we're going through a lot at this point. Uh, one more class to go into, and that's in one A. And there's only really one game to talk about, and it's the Gordonsville Whitwell game, which is the only game that has two sub 500 teams in the state getting to the second round, which may make it a very good game. It could. I mean, Whitwell is, what, last year's uh, state champion? Yep. Yeah, and, the defending state champion. They've had some rough spots this year. You know, it, it really is, you know, Gordonsville finds themselves hosting a playoff game here. Yeah, it, when you're a three seed, you don't expect to be hosting a playoff game at any point, but the, here you are in, in, in round two getting talking, one more. Talking about getting your field back in order and, and, yeah. and your stadium back in shape and everything <laughs> after you didn't think you were going to play again. Right. But, and Whitwell, they – had to win their final game, I think, just to get in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. They went yep. into week 11, 1 and 8. Yep. 
and they won that and go and beat a 10 and 0 Monterey team and 14 point win you know it's these two programs all of a sudden kind of you know when you go on the road and you're the 3 seed 4 seed mm-hmm. it doesn't look good one of these teams is going to find themselves in the quarterfinals and they'll go yep. they'll they'll play either the Clay County South Pittsburgh winner in the quarterfinals and, and that could be I mean, we don't necessarily cover those two teams, but that could be a really good second-round game as well. It could be. Yeah, it's going to be uh, – I'm interested to uh, hear uh, what your guys' take is on Gordonsville Whitwell when we get to uh, who you got. Well, guess what? We'll do it next. This is 615 Preps Podcast. We're back after this. Welcome back to the 615 Preps Podcast. It is that time of the week again where we try to take a guess on who's going to win and who's not. It's who you got. Last week was a bit of an improvement for me, but only to 5-5. Five and five. Um, Cat left, so <laughs> <laughs> he got tired of me missing the dartboard. Oh, Scott went 5-5 five and five as well. Christian went 7-3. and three. Hey. Oh, Wow. And and the public went six and four oh. on the Twitter polls that we posted for the ten games we did on this podcast last week. We also picked the rest of the first round games in the area on the website, and everybody seemed to do pretty well with those. But you know, the the ones that everybody hears, <laughs> I was gonna say the the ones that we are made public. <laughs> yeah, well, they're all made public, Scott. I mean, <laughs> just not out loud. <laughs> we just don't talk about them. <laughs> we just write them in. But, uh, yeah, some good ones. Some good ones this week. And we'll start with the one that we finished the last segment with. Whitwell at Gordonsville in a battle of sub-500 teams. Guys, give me a winner. It's tough in this one. Uh, you talk, We talked about Whitwell. Won a state championship a year ago and just had to fight to the last week just to get in. I'm just gonna go home team here. That's 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 really all I can do here. I, I don't have much to to go off of, and like I said, a lot of on the line here. Both teams kind of dim heading into the playoffs, and I'm gonna go with Gordonsville as the home team. Yeah, I look you know looking at Whitwell, you know they had two wins in a regular season, one region win. Both both were against winless teams, so you know they gave up you know thir- almost 36 points per game. Um, Gordonsville, you know, they have a playmaker in, in Wyatt Pemberton that can make a difference, but I just think that the defending 1A champs have that experience, and they've got Brandon Hamill quarterback. I'm going Whitwell. I don't know. For me, Christian, I'm with you on this one. I think the home home field advantage makes a difference. they got to go to Tourney Ford Field, make a little bit of a trip to Gordonsville, and then try to, to win a game in – in a tough environment, um, defending state champ or not, you know, it, it's going to be difficult. I think Gordonsville's a little bit more battle-tested this year, and I'm going to side with the Tigers on this one as well. And I think that they're looking at probably South Pittsburgh in, in round three. So give Gordonsville the nod on, on my end here. So we'll go to the next one, Shelbyville at Beach. Well, Shelbyville beat Columbia, uh, beat Columbia the team that held Beach to six points last week. Uh and Summit, the team that knocked off Gallatin. Now, their only blemish was a five-point loss to Page. Uh, this team is averaging 192 yards uh, rushing yards per game, 177 receiving yards per game. 
You know, their quarterback, Cade Cunningham, has a 104.3 passer rating. And he put up 215 yards against Columbia Central. I'm going to go Shelbyville here. As much as I wanted to, I think last week's game against Columbia wakes Beach up. Deshaun Parks, he tailed to 69 yards and 27 carries. That's just kind of really unlike the Buccaneers. They had a 169 yards on the ground. And after a, a first-half touchdown, they were just able to hold on on defense. I think being there at home for Beach and having – I think that's going to serve as a wake-up call. I'm going to side with the Buccaneers. This is the third time these two teams have met in the playoffs, and I pulled up their historical scores. 2014-2016, both these teams put up the points. Shelby won 42-41 in 2014. Beach won 44-30 in 2016. Not a lot has changed as far as the philosophies go between the two teams, so we may see another shootout here. Being at home, being an experienced team, I think Beach comes out with this one, but expect some points, unlike what they had last week. I'm going with Beach. Wow, two games, and I am out there on that limb. <laughs> hey, sometimes that's how you got to do it if you want to make up ground. DCA at Davidson Academy. Davidson Academy, they haven't played a one-possession game since September 20th. They have just been dominant. They have been really just taking care of business. And it's funny how all this has turned turned around after the first two weeks where we were saying, what in the world's happened to the defending state champions but I think we've talked a lot about bye weeks this week. Their bye week that they're coming off of before this game, it is a huge deal to them. They took their bye week week two, August 30th. I think the Bears needed it, and I think it's going to serve them right, and I think they get this win against DCA. I agree. I think that uh, you're right. The The bye week came at exactly the time that they needed it. Uh, I expect uh, quarterback Kevin Kelly to have a big game in this one. I'm going to go with Davidson Academy. I got to go with Davidson Academy until further notice. I mean, I think that uh, Jonathan Quinn has that team playing really well at the right time, and and they're primed for another run, possibly to kick to, to get to Cookville. But uh, they do have to take care of business against DCA first. I think they do that and get the win. Columbia Academy at Friendship Christian on the same side of that bracket. Well, Friendship is very strong defensively. Uh, looking at their wins, uh, you know, th- they've had some. They've played some kind of uh, weaker opponents, but, I mean, that's what you play. It, it is – you play who you, who you play. Um, Justin Seagraves uh, is basically the straw that stirs the drink for them. But I think if Columbia Academy can contain the run and make them go vertical, they have a shot. They have an opportunistic defense, and they, they, they'll have to force turnovers and capitalize, but I just don't think they do it this week. I'm going friendship. I think they do. I, they have averaged 40.5 points per game during their six-game winning streak. Offense is just suddenly alive after losing the first five. And although I kind of went the other way on this bye week thing, I'm going to go with friendship not being uh, on the same kind of schedule. I think Columbia Academy for the second straight week goes to Wilson County and gets another playoff win. That's a tough one for me to pick just because of, of the way Columbia Academy's played lately. But Friendship Christian still has a really good, a really good defense, and I kind of think that this place here in this particular matchup, I, I don't know. Uh, I'm going with the home team again. Friendship Christian looks like the pick to me, but uh, 
then again, Columbia Academy, you might just get your breaks since I picked them. <laughs> <laughs> Independence at Brentwood, another rematch of a region game from earlier this year. Quarterback play is going to be is going to be on spot on the spotlight with Ethan Cash and uh, Kate Granzo. These are two of the three teams we talked about in this region that just has very strong quarterback play. Cash, Granzal, Brentwood trying to get to a quarterfinal for the third time in the last four years. And they have repeatedly met independence right around this time. I just really like what Ron Crawford and the Bruins do, especially being at home. And I think they possibly set up another battle of the woods. Uh, in the quarterfinals. 1,622 yards passing, 12 TDs, 6 INTs, 441 rushing yards, and 13 rushing TDs. That's Granzo. 2,314 <laughs> yards passing, 19 TDs, not 7 interceptions, 343 yards rushing, and 4 rushing TDs. That's cash. This could be a very fun game to see. Yep. That being said... Independence really, really wants their revenge. They're not going to get it. I'm going with Brentwood. Yeah. Uh, as as well as Independence played last week, they're going to have to play even better this week to, to take down Brentwood. Um, like you said, Christian, Ron Crawford's got this team playing at a high level. And I think people aren't talking about them enough. They're almost underrated to me, considering all the teams that, that get talked about around here. I'm going with Brentwood, but I do think this could be a, a, a 35-28 game or, or higher in that yeah. regard. I think different. Every region 6-6A game <laughs> where two offenses get together, it'll be 17-14. <laughs> it'll be yeah. real close. That, that, that said, 6-3. Yes. That said, it might be 6-3. Who knows? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Speaking of Ravenwood, they're at Cambridge. This also a, a rematch of a game played just a couple of weeks ago at Ravenwood. And is, is this the reason that Ravenwood hasn't played a home game since then? But uh, we talked about that, the field conditions and whatnot. But uh, playing at Cambridge, and Cambridge has been has been a lot better as of late. Everywhere, yeah. Ra- everywhere Ravenwood plays, it becomes a home game for them. <laughs> I mean, honestly, uh, this time they have to invade Cambridge, though. You know, Christian, you brought this up last time. The last time these teams met, the weather was a sloppy mess. Um, you know, Cambridge's passing attack suffered until late. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see. <laughs> well, first of all, I'd keep an eye on the sky, uh, yeah. for one thing. Two, uh, if the weather holds, uh, I think this game's won in the trenches, really, on the defensive offensive side. I think it's going to really be a battle between Cambridge's offensive line and Ravenwood's defensive line. And the X factor in that whole thing is Reggie Grimes. And I think as long as you have Reggie Grimes in your in your formula, you're going to be hard to beat. I'm going to go Ravenwood. I dogged Scott for so long about this pick. <laughs> I think they stay alive. I think the Ravens get a win against Ravenwood. They, they've got tape on these guys. And I'll say this, I think they lost, I think it was 28-15 to 15, uh, the last time they played. Ravenwood did not play a very good game against them. They were three turnovers, and Cane Ridge didn't help themselves. Nine penalties for 80 yards, three of 16 on third down. 
I just think there's so much offense for Cane Ridge in this game. I think the X factor here, can the Ravens stop Tony Rice? Rice last time, 10 carries, 123 yards on a score. If they can slow down that run game, they've got some athletes in the secondary. I think the Ravens move on to the quarterfinals. Ravenwood's going to want a shot, possibly possibly another shot with Brentwood. Yep. I yep. mean, that, that's that's a sure. little bit of a, a motivator for them as well. Uh, they don't need it motivation at this point in the year, but it adds to it. Uh, one and, thing – I'm sorry, Chris, go ahead. No, it's um, – for me in this matchup, I mean, you mentioned Tony Rice, but the weather's going to be better, or at least it's looking that way. It's going to be colder, but, I mean, yeah. you know, at this point, you got to get used to it. Ravenwood – it's kind of like you, you kind of know what you're going to get with him, but you don't. Right. I mean, it's sometimes they're a little bit of a mixed bag. They can play really, really well like they did against Pulaski Academy, or they can play really poorly like they did against Brentwood. And it's a Jekyll and Hyde situation as to what team you're going to get. If you get the good Ravenwood, they're winning this game going away. Right. But what if you don't? Well, that and that goes back to what you were talking about a couple weeks ago with them. Uh you know, we, we they almost played like they were sleepwalking through some of the through the regular yeah. season, and I think now this is what this is what they were geared for. They've been waiting, they've been waiting for this. And my understanding is Coach Grimes has been has has basically been you know in their ear telling them you guys haven't done anything yet. Um, I think that they're being challenged by that coaching staff, and I think that because of that, you're likely going to see a more complete Ravenwood team uh, coming into this game. That's kind of what I think I'm going to see out of this team. I think they're going to be a more focused unit. I mean, they took care of business easily against Stewart's Creek, and and now comes an even bigger test. So at this point, they've got to be focused on what's in front of them and not anything after that because Cane Ridge is a hurdle that can easily knock them out. That said, I like Ravenwood to win this game. But I think, Christian, I think you're headed out there and – I don't blame you because it may be a really good one. I think it's got a potential to be a, a 50-49 game. I think these offenses just punch-counterpunch. I think I think any offense can respond anytime they want to. Speaking of points, I think there's going to be some points at Blackman-Hendersonville. What do you think? Yeah, I possibly. And, uh, you know, Hendersonville put up a lot last week against Cookville. Uh, they were down 28-24 at the half and then outscored Cookville 21-0 in the third. Problem though, Hendersonville gave up a lot of points to the Cavaliers yeah. too. They uh, yeah. they didn't really buckle down on defense. Yeah. And Blackman, I tell you, their defense, they've given up seven points a game since their Oakland loss. They have really kind of found found their groove. Wilson Central had negative thirty five yards rushing against Blackman last week. No. <laughs> I'm going to go with the Blaze, and a lot of it has to do with just can Hendersonville continue to have yeah. some some momentum because yeah. we've seen it this year. They've been good. They've been bad. They were good last week. I don't think we see a good Hendersonville team this week. I, I, I agree with you. This is this game is what the Blaze schedule was preparing them for. They were, you know, that rough patch they ran into early in the season was preparing them for these these moments here. Their defense, like you said, seven points in the last four games. They are going. I think that they're going to go into this game because they have Oakland on their mind. They they want another shot at him. They they didn't feel good about that. I think Blackman goes into this one and really takes it to Hendersonville. Blackman has a defense that's at least functional. Cookville did not. 
So that's going to be one thing in their favor. Uh, but Hendersonville scored 40-plus points the last three weeks. You know, granted, maybe the Ross view Mount Juliet combo not necessarily as stout, but still decent enough to, to provide them a challenge. I think Hendersonville can score against Blackman. It's just a matter of, you know, can their defense hold up Blackman? I don't know that they can. Um, it's a tough one, but I'm going to go Blackman. The, the one that I want to talk about, Nolensville Livingston Academy. And we, we mentioned this a little earlier, but let's get a little bit deeper into this one. Guys, who, who do you like here and why? I like Livingston Academy. Their offense is so consistent. They average 33 points a game. Their season low is 10 points. Every game, they're huddled around 20 to 30. They are just they're sound on offense, and they there hasn't been many defenses that have given them a test this year. In Nolansville, I, we brought this up earlier, they've lost their last two road games, and I, just, I think something about them being on the road, and they played a good Franklin team, and we brought up the Marshall County game where uh, Marshall County really just – they took care of Nolansville. I think their really good year comes to an end at Livingston Academy. Well, you know, Livingston Academy, uh, you know, they have that great quarterback, Will McDonald. And even though they're undefeated, I looked at who they played. And, yes, they you, you play who's in front of you and who you have to schedule and play people in your region. But I just think that Nolansville is more battle-tested I think Gallardi and and Kutris are back in form. I'm going Knights here. All right, we're already split, so that's that's a good thing there. I want to go back to Livingston's. You had Nolan's for. No, no, no. Go, go ahead. You had Nolan's for, right? Yeah. Okay. We're, Nolan, we're split there. We're already, we're already split yeah. there. Okay. So yeah, yeah. I went. Okay. okay. All right. All right. We're good. We're making sure we're good here. Yeah. We're, we're making sure we're good here. Go back to Livingston Academy schedule. The only two games this year that they did not run away with. One of them was Upperman. Mm-hmm. The other one was White County. For for some reason, White County gave them a lot of trouble. Nobody else has given them any trouble. They're 11-0. They're very consistent on offense. But I'm like you. I don't know that they've necessarily played the level of competition that Nolansville has. But I go back to the quarterback play. And it, it comes down to Will McDonald – and Ryder Gillardi, which quarterback makes the fewest mistakes? Uh, McDonald hasn't made many mistakes at all this year. And to me, Say it. it's tough. Say it. I gotta go Livingston right here. No, that's not what I was hoping. I got I gotta go. I gotta go Livingston. <laughs> no, no, go- what, no, no. What I was saying, Chris. Chris was saying, the playoffs are all about quarterback, quarterback play. play. I already said that. Yeah. I know you. You said I want a T-shirt, maybe. Oh, <laughs> postseason is all about quarterback play. Yeah, I, I knew where you were going with that pick, just simply because your philosophy. Yeah, I'm having seen Nolan's full Livingston Academy back to back weeks. I, I just I feel like Livingston Academy at home is a is a pick that I think could be made. Sounds like he's been scouting. Basically, <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe that might explain why we're looking up. <laughs> no, we're not looking up anymore. Well, maybe you are. Yeah. Twitter's not looking up anymore. Be the lead anymore. dog, or the scenery doesn't get any better. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm in the number two spot. So. <laughs> Hi, Twitter folks. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> Got a couple more. East Nashville Pro Cone, another rematch of a region game from earlier this year. Pro Cone at home again. Who do you like and why? Well, in the last matchup, Fireworks 
uh, stifled the uh, Eagle offense, pretty much shut them out. But they and they were at, without their starting quarterback, Martino Owens. Um, you know, Ivan Dayton was the difference maker, and so was their defense. Um, you know, their defensive tackle, Deshaun Wade, has 62 tackles, 20 for loss, with 11 sacks. I like this Pearl Cone defense. I do. I think Pearl Cone takes it again. Okay. I think maybe that East Nashville team going up against a Pearl at the time that didn't have their quarterback, sometimes just don't know what an offense looks like against, uh, against a new guy. You know, this East National team last week, they they got they, they did their job. They had eight different guys carry the ball last week. I think they've got tape on Pearl now. They've got themselves offensively. They've they've got an, an opportunity this week to figure out what didn't work last time because obviously no points, something didn't work. And you go back to the whole thing of it's hard to beat a team twice yep. in a year. Yep. And that's why I think I'm going to go with East Nashville. If this was like uh, around the horn, you would get those points for making <laughs> points. I would give those to you right now because you deserve those. But uh, now you're right. I-, I wonder about that with them not having Martino Owens the first time around, what they could see on film differently now that they've got a little bit more film on him. I still think Pearl Cone is, is just is primed to, to make a deep run. I don't know. Um, I-, I think it's going to be a really close game again. East Nashville's going to have to score, but I think Pearl scores more, and I think the Firebirds are on to round three. Don't play with it. They're one of the when I said it. I hope I'm right again. The last one is our game of the week. We talked about it a little earlier, Summit at Page. And how much fun can this one be? Really fun, especially with Destin Wade in it the entire time. What they did against Gallatin with both Destin and Keaton, and they were able to keep keep the pass out there that was still a viable option. Last time these two teams played, the Spartans were so one-dimensional with Destin Wade leaving just a couple seconds into the game. Mm-hmm. I think with Destin Wade being out there at quarterback, you've got Keaton behind them at running back, and you've got some really good targets. George Odomegwu had a really nice catch in the corner of the end zone in the second half against Gallatin. And I kind of go back to the same thing of, you know, it's kind of tough to beat the team twice. I like Summit here because, one, you get Page, which is – I'm not going to say they're really similar to Gallatin, but they got a, a back in the backfield and Bubba Johnson that likes to pound it. Scheme – I mean, your game plan not going to change too much this week. Key here for, for Summit, if they're going to win this game against Page, they got to contain Cade Walker out of the backfield. With that option of Bubba Johnson as the running back and Cade Walker scrambling around – if Walker is just running up and down the field all night, I don't think the Spartans stand a chance. But I think they find a way to stop them, and I think the Spartans win. You know, I would love to argue with you. I do love to argue with you. <laughs> we've, we've learned <laughs> a couple we've months done, in. We've done that. <laughs> the, people, the people know that I love to argue. We've done that. I'm not arguing with you here. I, I think that uh, – I think having Destin Wade back is a game changer. I think that you go to a – you actually now have an offense that's multidimensional. Um, so you can you can go blow for blow with Paige here. And, you know, Summit's been – you know, Summit is wanting to get back here. And I think that – and they were really close the last game. They just needed that little extra – and he was on the bench. Yeah. 
He's back. Yep. Give me Summit. You mentioned the two words that are going to craft my pick right here. Cade Walker. Yep. That's that's the one thing that differentiates Paige from Gallatin in my mind is their ability to throw it, and they can. Walker can sling it, and I think he does. Summit's going to keep it close, but it's the end of the line for him. I think Paige wins this one and gets 2-0 against the Spartans. I think he's the X factor in this entire game. Yeah. Especially with him being able to run. I mean, when we were there and saw them play against Centennial, yep. opening drive, he took he took down the field, a couple third down conversions, and then scored from 20 yards out, running left to right and into the corner. If the Spartans can contain him, they've got a shot. If he's, like I said, if he's all over the place and they can't bring him down, they're going to struggle. It's a mighty big if. Yes, big a if. Mighty big if. And they didn't have to face that against Gallatin. Right. They didn't really have a mobile quarterback, especially no, when Briscoe got in there. Right. That guy was in the pocket the entire time. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, that does it for us. We made our picks for round two. And really excited for a lot of these games this week because there's some really, really good matchups. Oh, yeah. uh, at this time of year, that's what you want to see with your later round games. And we're, we're glad to have them. So good luck to all the teams out there this week. Hopefully we'll see you out at uh, either – page or, or possibly Kane Ridge or maybe somewhere else down the line. But for Christian Capozzi and Scott Burton, I'm Chris Brooks. We'll see you next time on the 615 Preps Podcast. Have a good one. See ya. Bundle up. Yeah. 615 Preps Podcast is a production of B Squared Media, LLC.